You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Previously, we examined the Shab of Abi Talib, the Valley of Abu Talib, those very difficult three years that the Bani Hashim and many Muslims experienced, completely isolated and boycotted. Let's mention one interesting incident that happened during those three years before we examine a very fundamental and important aspect of the history of the Prophet and that is his uncle Abu Talib and whether Abu Talib was a man of faith, he believed in the message of Islam whether he was Muslim or not. When the Prophet was in Shab Abi Talib, the only time that the Muslims were allowed to leave the valley was during the Umrah and the Hajj. So in the month of Rajab, and in the Hijjah, they were allowed to come to Masjid al-Haram and do their pilgrimage, the major one in the Hijjah or the minor one which we call the Umrah in Rajab. Once the Prophet was in Masjid al-Haram at the time of the pilgrimage, when two men from the tribe of Khazraj come to Mecca, the city of Medina which was called Yathrib at the time, before Islam, Medina was called Yathrib. You had two prominent tribes, the Aus and the Khazraj. They had historical rivalries with each other. They would fight each other day and night. In fact, due to some silly, petty reasons, like the outcome of a horse race, would make them fight and kill each other. Tribe one says, we're the winners of the race. The other tribe says, no, we're the winners of the race. Sometimes these battles and wars would last 100 years. Just imagine 100 years of fighting one another to death because of petty issues. Two men from the Khazraj, so they were two main tribes, Aus Khazraj, fighting each other. Two men decide to come to Mecca. They're like, look, we've had enough. We've been overpowered by the Aus. Let's go to Mecca and see if we can make some sort of alliance with Quraysh so that they would support us and will defeat the Aus. So these two men, they come and they enter Mecca. The first was As'ad ibn Zurara and the other one was Zakawan. Two Khazraji men, they enter Mecca. When they enter Mecca, this was in Rajab now, they had come for the Umrah, they were wearing their ihram, coming to do the pilgrimage. As'ad ibn Zurara was a friend of Utbah ibn Rabi'ah. Utbah ibn Rabi'ah was a high-ranking mushrik in Mecca. He had a very high position. He was the friend of this guy, this Khazraji guy who came from Medina. So he meets Utbah and he tells him, look, 
the reason why I've come to Mecca is that we've been battling each other and we want this to stop and the only way to stop is for you Quraysh to get involved and hopefully you can stop this battle. Are you willing to do that? Make an alliance with us now, you'll come to Medina and hopefully you can resolve this. Utba says, no, sorry, I'm not interested. He tells him why. He says, first of all, you guys are far. Medina is about 400 something kilometers north of Mecca. That's about 250 miles. So it's not a nearby place where we can easily go. But the major reason is we're too busy. He tells him, what are you busy with? MashaAllah, you Meccans, you don't have the battles that we're having. Mecca is safe. You tribes are not killing each other in Mecca. So what are you busy with? He says, we're busy with a man called Muhammad. He started this new religion and he is considering us unbelievers. He's refuting our idol worshiping. He's created division in our society. Trust me, we're very busy with this matter and we don't have time to come and make an alliance with you. Then they give him advice. They tell him, look, now you're going to go because it's the pilgrimage season, he's in Masjid al-Haram. Normally he's stuck in the valley, we've boycotted him. But because now it's the time of Umrah, he's in Masjid al-Haram. When you go, this guy has the power of sorcery. Make sure you don't hear his words because they're magic, they're going to affect you. They're going to pull you. He's like, so what do you suggest I do? They told him, put cotton in your ears. Because initially they told him, just go back to Medina. He was like, well, I can't. I'm in my ihram. I have to go and finish my umrah. I have to circle around the Kaaba, do the tawaf. They're like, okay, if you have to, if you must go to Masjid al-Haram, put cotton in your ears so that you don't hear him. Look at, look at the terrorism they used against the Prophet. Subhanallah. So he's like, okay, Utbah was his friend. He took the advice of his friend. He put cotton in his ears. Now the Quran mentions this, you know, that they would put their fingers in their ears. They would turn away. They literally did this. So the poor guy, he puts cotton in his ears. He goes to Masjid al-Haram. Now he's passing by the first round around the Kaaba. He sees the Prophet sitting there talking, saying something. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to hear this guy. Impossible. He's going to pull me through his magic. So he keeps the cotton in his ears. He doesn't hear. But then when he gets to the second round, he regrets it. He rebukes himself. He tells himself, are you an idiot? You've come all the way from Medina and such an important event is happening in Mecca. Don't you at least want to tell your people about it? They're going to tell you, you went to Mecca, did you hear anything? I said, no, I had cotton in my ears. I didn't know what was going on. People will make fun of me. I'll make a fool out of myself. I can't be that ignorant. Let me just see what he has to say. <laughs> so he removes the cotton from his ears. The Prophet is by Hijr Ismail, right by the Kaaba. He comes to the Prophet and he tells him in Arabic, good morning. Now the way that he said it was an'im sabahan, good morning. So when the Prophet hears him, he tells him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a better greeting, which is the greeting of Islam and that is assalamu alaikum. So he's interested in this new greeting, peace on you and that's the greeting of the people of paradise. He's slowly now pulled by the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. 
Then he tells the Prophet, look, what do you have to say? Give it to me, what's this new religion about? So the Prophet tells him, it's very simple, you bear witness that there is no God but Allah, that I am the messenger of God. He tells him, okay, tell me more. I've heard you've got something that you say to the people, what is that? He didn't know what the Quran was, he had just heard something. Tell me about this Quran. The Prophet begins to recite verse 151 to 152 of Surah Al-An'am. Beautiful verse. Come, let me recite to you, explain to you what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made haram. Do not commit polytheism. Don't commit shirk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to be good to your parents. Do not kill your children because of your poverty, because that's what many Arab tribes would do. Out of fear of poverty or because they had poverty, they would kill their kids. Because they're like, when they grow up and I have to raise them, that's a financial burden on me. And I don't want that financial burden. They'd actually murder their infants. So the Quran says, don't do that. Allah says, I'm the one who will give you your sustenance and the sustenance of your children. Don't be so concerned about the sustenance of your children. You know, subhanAllah, even these days in our community, you find parents, it's good to be concerned about your children and their financial future, that's good. But don't be excessive about it. You'll see some parents working day and night. They want to secure a house for every one of their children. From now, money in the bank account. Take it easy. Don't overwork yourself and stress yourself out trying to take care of the future of your child. Habibi, your child has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of us, sometimes we try to take the role of God. Be responsible with your children, but don't be excessive about it. I know some parents, no, he won't sit still until he buys a house for his little kids from now and he puts it in their name, especially if they're girls, right? Because he wants to secure their future. It's nice, if you have extra money, that's fine. But for you to work day and night and put your family in hardship because you want to save uh, to buy a house for your future children, nah, it's unnecessary. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed the rizq, don't worry about it. So they would actually kill their children out of poverty. So the Quran says, this is haram. Don't go near anything that's immoral, whether it's in private, in public. Don't kill any soul unjustly. Now, by the way, the Arabic eloquence contained in the verse is amazing. If you know Arabic and you've mastered it, if you read the verse and you see the flow of it, it's mind boggling. The Prophet is, you know, continuing the verse and then Don't go near the money of the orphan except if you're acting on the interest of the orphan. Beautiful teachings. The man is mesmerized. He's come from Medina. This is something he's never heard in his life. Beautiful teachings from the Prophet. When the Prophet finishes these verses, the man just naturally says to the Prophet, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. وَأَنَّكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Then he tells him, O Messenger of God, let me tell you something. The reason why we came from Yathrib to Mecca is because we have these tribal rivalries and wars and honestly I came to make an alliance with somebody so we can stop all of that. 
But guess what? God had another plan for me. I came for a political reason and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought me to Islam. I found something better than what I was looking for. Forget trying to find a political alliance and to go and you know defeat those Aus. I'm no longer interested in that. I found Islam. Then he tells the Prophet that we are going back to Yathrib. Can you send someone, one of your companions to teach us? Because we don't know this Quran, we don't know the teachings of Islam. Is it possible that you sent someone? So the Prophet sends Mus'ab ibn Umair. Mus'ab ibn Umair was a young man who was very spoiled by his parents. He had everything a youth could desire that day. When he becomes Muslim, his parents kick him out of the house. They boycott him because he followed the Prophet. He knew much of the Quran, yes. Mus'ab ibn Umair, I don't know where he's from. Why, have you heard that he's from Yemen? There was someone who was from Yemen who was very wealthy, came from a very wealthy family and then when he went to go see the Prophet with his family. Uh, was it the one whom his uncle boycotted him, Dhul Bijadain? No. In any case, I don't know where he, exactly he's from, but he came from a rich family, he was very spoiled. But because he embraced the religion of Islam, you know, his parents excommunicated him. So he knew many parts of the Quran. The Prophet sends him, he sends him with these, you know, two men to go and preach Islam in Yathrib. And many, many people from many tribes, they become Muslim as a result of this incident. So we see that during the three years in which the Prophet was in the valley, even during the days when he had access to Masjid al-Haram, they would actually pretty much force people to put kain in their ears so they would not hear the Prophet accusing him of magic or sorcery. These were the daily conditions of Muslims in Mecca. Just imagine the psychological you know, difficulties that they had to experience. 